0: Welcome to the Wealthsteading Podcast. This is episode 348. Today is December 18, 2021. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, hey, I hope you're doing fantastic. If you're like me, you've been very busy with the holiday season. And this time of the year is always a crunch time in terms of my business with closing out the books for the end of the year and getting all the things done that need to be done from a regulatory standpoint, so I've been extremely busy, but I'm having a fantastic time. I hope you are too. In this episode, I want to follow up with a video and a blog post that I did a couple weeks ago, where I talked about the Russell 2000, the small cap index in particular, and then I listed over 60 stocks in a blog post that I had purchased, I think that was on December 4th. Well, everything I said back then still relates to where we are right now, There's nothing in the headlines that worries me or concerns me for the long term. Oh, short term, I don't know what's going to happen over the next few days or weeks or maybe even months. But what keeps me in this market and what specifically keeps me primarily focused on reopening stocks and why I'm not selling my positions, I'm adding to them, is because I believe that we're not headed to recession, not in the immediate term, I think that we're still in a very dynamic, growing economy. I think the reopening type stocks and the smaller cap stocks have the most upside potential to continue to benefit and profit from this dynamic, growing economy that we're in. And so that's where I continue to put my money. And it doesn't bother me the negative headlines I see about Fed tightening or about spreading of viruses and things, because I view that as noise and static look at the specifics of what's going on in corporate America, and you take all the emotion and all the ideology out of it, the bottom line is that corporate America is making money hand over fist. The demand for products and services is extremely strong. That's why we have all the shortages and the scarcity and the supply chain issues. It's allowing corporate America to raise prices and pass those prices on to consumers that likewise not only have the desire to consume products and services, but also have the savings and the money on hand to pay for those higher prices. So we're seeing higher revenue and sales and higher profits in the bottom line to corporations. That may change someday, and that's when we'll be headed into the next recession, but for now, neither Fed policy nor the persistence of COVID seems to be impacting the consumer's ability and desire to purchase. And that's the bottom line. And so I continue to see the phase of this economy that we're in as an accumulation and an opportunity, not a harbinger for bad things to come. I'll probably put out a couple more posts over the next few days at investablewealth.com with a couple charts to specifically point out the fact that Fed policy And rising COVID cases are not likely to derail the economy. But for right now, what I want to focus on are the stocks I purchased and the overall health of the small caps. So the Russell 2000, that's the small cap stocks. I'll put a link in today's show notes, but you can go over and on December 4th over at YouTube, I put up a video that was entitled Small Cap Stocks Down But Not Out. I showed a chart. The Russell 2000, it's a small cap index. I showed a chart of that that showed how the index has been in a range throughout the year of 2021. And when I say a range, I mean that it's been a trading range where it gets up to a certain level around 2400, let's call it, and it hits resistance there and it falls back down to 2100, 2150, something like that. Take a look at the chart. It's a very defined pattern. Chart technicians may call it different things. To me, it looks like a wedge pattern where you have a clear and defined horizontal level of support. The price stays at that level of support, and so far it hasn't broken down below. We've seen this play out over this year five or six times. Watch that video, and I'll talk about some of the headline events that have driven the small cap stocks down around that 2100 or so level. The moral of the story, though, is that it always eventually bounces up from that level and has gone on back up to that nearly 2400 or, in the case of November, when it put in an all-time record high, it exceeded that level. I expect that to happen again in the future. Remember, as a long-term investor, you are not investing for where the price is today. You want to be investing in long-term appreciating assets. You want your money to be worth more in the future than it is today. So when you're either buying or holding your stocks at these lower levels, if you're patient and if you're disciplined, they lift off of these bottoms and they go on to be worth more in the future. Bloomberg News Service put out an article this week that said that the Russell small caps have the cheapest relative valuation compared to the S&P 500 that they've had in 20 years. So yes, there's uncertainty. Yes, there's volatility. But this is, in my opinion, the time you want to be buying and holding, not selling in a panic. You want to accumulate when prices are low, when things are on sale, and then hold them into the future when they've appreciated in value. That's what you do if you're a disciplined, long-term investor, and that's how you build wealth over time. It's a very simple process, but most people don't have the discipline and the emotional self-control to sit through these times of turbulence. They panic and they sell and they generally sell at the worst time possible. Now do I know for a fact that the support and the horizontal floor that we currently see under the small cap stocks, do I know that that's gonna hold and that prices aren't gonna break down through that and go lower? No, I have no idea. That could happen tomorrow, that could happen next week. There's no assurity that the price won't go lower. But from a probability standpoint, and from the perspective that we are in a dynamic growing economy, then the mathematics tell you that at some point the charts turn around and the likelihood, the probability, is that the price of the index goes up over time and not goes down. Look at a stock market chart of any index of any growth economy. Yeah, there's always times when things pull back. But as the fear subsides, as the economy adjusts, As corporations continue to make more profits, then their valuations go up, and likewise the corresponding stock prices go up. Now, if you believe that we're headed to an economic collapse and a zombie apocalypse, well, we're going to have to disagree about that because that's not what I see. I see a thriving, growing, dynamic economy and consumers willing and ready to support that economy. So I think the probability over time is highly favored for small cap stock prices to go up rather than to either go down or to just tread sideways forever. So if you haven't watched it, take a look at that video. Look at the specific headline risk that caused the small cap stocks to drop down to that support level. Once those fears dissipated, the index went back up, and I think that's exactly where we are right now. And so that's why with my own personal finances, in addition to not panicking and not selling my positions, I've been adding to them. And I'll also put a link in today's show notes from the blog post that I put out. Again, I think that was December 4th, where I listed over 60 stocks that I've reinvested in. And when I say reinvested, these are not new positions. These are part of the overall you know, 140 or so stocks that I own that are in my portfolio. And there were... I don't know, 62 or 63 of them or so that I dumped additional money into back during that first week in December. Now, I'm constantly doing things like that. In my blog post, I don't specifically say every time I reinvest in a new position or what that position is. But in this case, because people seem to be so worried that things are going to totally fall apart, I wanted to specifically name names and show you what I'm continuing to reinvest in. Now, I'm going to highlight a couple of those now. I'm not going to go through every one of them because it's a long list. And some of these I may mention a couple times, because they could fit into different categories. Before I get into that, let me step back here a minute too and say, I am not saying buy the dip on everything. Again, if I thought we were headed into a recession, I would not be buying the dip. I would be selling my positions and waiting out in cash for an opportunity to buy at a lower price. I just don't see the economy right now headed for a recession. The other thing to consider is, is that I'm not willy-nilly buying every stock that happens to be down 10 or 20 or 50%. I am totally avoiding the high-flying stay-at-home stocks, uh, just like I've been talking about for a long time. I'm not investing in the Pelotons, the DocuSigns, the Zooms, and those other stay-at-home stocks. And it's not because I don't think they're good companies. It's just that their prices got so elevated... During the hysteria of the stay-at-home lockdowns, that even though they're good companies and even though they're likely to be growing in the future, the price of their stocks, the valuation that people put on those stocks, just went to extremes and far outweighed anything that those stocks can produce in profits over the short term. So I'm not saying that a stock like Zoom is going to go out of business. I'm just saying that it may not recover from the huge drawdown that it's seen anytime soon just because the stock got so overvalued and so overhyped. So no, I'm not investing in those stocks, nor do I ever invest in the meme stocks or the media hype stocks because all of those, in my opinion, are based on greater fool logic. People pile into those meme stocks because they think the price is going to go to the moon and there's always going to be a greater fool to come in and pay more for it well that works for a while but not forever so no i don't invest in those overhyped and momentum stocks either the stocks that were on that reinvest list fit into a general category that i would consider undervalued some of them are large cap some of them are small cap some of them are growth oriented some of them pay dividends Some of them are specifically related to elements of the reopening trade. Others aren't. But the overall classification for them, in my opinion, is that they're undervalued. And that they're not only undervalued, but they're undervalued based on headline risk that I don't think is going to take place. So let's review some of these. And I'm not doing this as a recommendation to you or telling you to run out and buy these same stocks. I'm explaining my rationale and why I bought them so that you can see how that relates to my overall investment strategy, and then from there, you can formulate your own. And so while other people are selling and running away in panic, I'm looking for opportunities, and more than anything, that's what I want to convey here, is ignore the headlines, ignore the noise and the static of the media, and look for opportunities in the economy. So as far as these stocks I purchased, one major theme is the products and services that revolve around the reopening of the economy, things like travel and leisure. Service-type companies have taken a big hit. I don't view this as a long-term problem. I look at this as another entry point to buy into companies that have a bright future because these are the very same companies that haven't been defeated by the virus. They're companies that have proved that they have a solid business plan. They've survived all the turmoil and disruption over the last two years. They've remained profitable, and I expect them to be even more profitable in the future. That includes companies like Eventbrite, Lyft, Six Flags, Marriott, Hilton, Yelp, and TripAdvisor. And I especially like these more ancillary online advertising companies that can benefit from travel like the TripAdvisor or the Eventbrite or Yelp. Because they've taken a double hit, not only from, from potential lockdowns and mandates, you know, shutting down the reopening, but also on the advertising side. There's been a lot of advertisers that have taken a big hit to their stock price, not so much because of a fear of a shutdown of COVID, but simply for the fact that we have so many companies that are selling everything that they can make that they don't have to advertise. Again, that's why I like the strength of the overall economy, but for the short term, it's hitting advertising-related companies. Well, that won't last forever. So look for out-of-favor advertisers. Cardlytics and Magnite are an example of two niche online advertising-type companies that I like. And then in regards to the supply chain issues and all the shortages, there's a number of companies that have had a hard time sourcing products to fill their backlog orders and in some cases because of supply chain agreements also couldn't pass along price increases but that will all change once these supply disruptions get taken care of though i think you're going to see the industrials and the basic material type companies that, taken, have, that have taken a bit of a hit are going to come back again things like freeport macmoran trinzio kinder morgan FlowServe, General Dynamics, Lockheed Martin, 3M, Halmet Aerospace, Hale Material Handling, Transdime, Westinghouse Airbrake, Method Electronics, to name a few. And then there's also been the general pullback in the technology sector. Now, I'm not a fan of the real high valuation, extended price companies, but I do like established companies like Micron, Intel, Photronics, Western Digital, And there are even a couple of those high-valuation tech-type companies like I like, like Qualtrics and Palantir. I also still really like the energy sector, so that's direct companies like Valero, Exxon, Chevron, or buying into an energy ETF like XLE. I also still really like the financial sector, so that includes things like Citigroup, Capital One, JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs. I think these are all cyclical type value companies, the financials and the energy and the industrials, that will continue to do well as the economy continues to reopen and expand. And some of these companies also have great dividends. Now, I'm not strictly a dividend investor. I think a lot of pure dividend strategies are kind of nonsensical with circular thinking. But whenever I can get a company that I think is undervalued and has an excellent business model... That shows that it can long-term over time sustain paying out a dividend, I look at that as a good buying opportunity. So to just mention a couple of these stocks that pay a decent-sized dividend, Heister Heil, JBG Smith Properties, Lockheed Martin, 3M, Citigroup, all pay over 3%, and XLE, the energy sector ETF, pays just under 4% dividend then Chevron Verizon pay nearly a 5%, Valero and ExxonMobil nearly 6%, Kinder Morgan just under seven, and Enbright paying a whopping 7.18% dividend. So hey, there you have it. Those are the positions that I'm reinvesting in. I see this as a long-term buying opportunity. And I think these type stocks and this type logic afford you to buy into stocks that are selling at a good price that they definitely represent risk. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the price couldn't go lower. It could definitely drop significantly lower. But I think on the overall risk-reward assessment of the probabilities, these type stocks are not overly risky, and they still present a lot of upside, which I don't think is necessarily too long into the future. Well, hey, as always, thanks for listening. Until the next episode, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.